Now, I do need to clarify something, something very important. Last week, I talked about Michael Buble, and I said that we were at the Grand Hyatt. We weren't at the Grand Hyatt last week. We weren't there last week. I got home and Solari said, we, we didn't go to the Grand Hyatt this week. Because if we had been at the Grand Hyatt last Saturday night, we would not have been back at church because the buffet is an amazing buffet. So we wouldn't have made it back for church. We went to the Grand Hyatt 10 years ago when Michael Bublé was in uh, Australia back then. So that was way, way back. So we, uh, we, we didn't go last week. Solari just said that it sounded very much, and there's a few people that said it sounded very much like we were there last week. Um, it wasn't last week. So we, uh, we know that that is a, a big call to go to the Grand Hyatt and then get to church and everything. It's a big call. We only do that once in a... Anniversary, 10 years <laughs> anniversary. Maybe another time we'll go as well. Um, we did keep the Porsche at home today, so we uh, didn't want to... No, just joking. <laughs> we don't have a Porsche. I hope, the, um, I hope, though, that the main talking point out of last week's sermon wasn't about Michael Bublé. That's my hope. Because whilst it was a good story, and the lift was a good story, my hope was that as we thought about a community of care, that we understand that it is the whole Christian community's responsibility to care for one another. Uh, all who call Jesus Lord have a command to love one another. We're called to be devoted to one another in love, to honour one another above ourselves. And that comes from Romans 12, chapter 10, which we explored last week. If you haven't seen the, the message from last week, get back onto YouTube and have a look at it. But care within the community starts with you. So this morning we're going to hear from a few other people as well around practical ways that we can care for one another and some practical helps for us to start to become a community of care. Last week I said we don't want to have just programs of care. Care where we put into programs. Programs can be a really helpful tool to help us to care well. But we need to have a culture of care, a caring culture. And we heard it this morning as we started to hear from how you like to be cared or how you've seen care happen, that a community of people who naturally care for one another uh, out of the overflow of our love for Jesus. So let's get into this idea of care, but, but to start with how practically we can um, outwork care in the church, I suppose. But to start with, we've got to recognise that our theology will actually shape our practice as Christians, not just in care, but in everything that we do. How we see God, our understanding of God, our theology, must unpack itself in how we act. If we understand God to be the big policeman in the sky, we might have the the, the thought that we will act legalistically about different things. If we see God as a, a, a sort of a Santa, a fluffy guy in the sky with a white beard, we might act recklessly because we know that we're always going to get the hug from God. It's the same with how we see God in the way that he cares for us. How we understand God in care will actually dictate or guide how we care for others as well. So I'm going to read out, if you have your Bible there, you might want to open 1 John chapter 4, because it gives us an understanding of how God cares for the other and how God loves. So 1 John chapter 4, it will be up on the screen, but it's good to have your Bibles open or your, even on your, on your apps as well, because I'd love you to highlight these verses, because these are, are crucial verses for, for us to understand um, how we then show love and care to others. So 1 John chapter 4, I'm going to start at verse 7. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, 
For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We didn't do it. God did it. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. There's a word that you hear a lot in those five small verses, isn't it? We know it's love. Love comes through, I think I read it 18 times. Paul is telling us in this passage that God's very character is love. God is love. It literally says it in the passage. These verses remind us of this incredible gift of love that God's given to us. Love is not merely just an emotion. It's the essence of who God is. God's love was, was revealed to us in his Son as a sacrifice for our sins. What a great action of love. It's a love that goes beyond our own ability to really comprehend or fully be able to reciprocate in the way that God's reciprocated or given it to us. So therefore, as recipients of this sort of unfathomable love, we're called, therefore, to love the other. Our love for others is a, a testament to our knowledge of God and our experience of his love. It's through our love for others that God's presence is made apparent in our lives. We've got to strive to love unconditionally, just as God loves us. We don't always make it, though, do we? That unconditional love thing is hard for humans because we're not perfect beings. But our actions, our words, our attitudes, they should be guided by the love that flows from God to us. It comes out of our relationship and flows into the relationships of others. If this is our understanding of God, then our pastoral care from within the church and beyond must be formed by that deep love, a love for others. The, the late theologian Chuck Brister in his book, Pastoral Care in the Church, he wrote about who pastoral care should be for. He states that pastoral care must be given to those in the world for whom Jesus Christ died. That's pretty broad, isn't it? Because we know that the love of God extends to the world, to all humanity. For God so loved, not a section of the world, not, not a type of people in the world, for God so loved the whole world. There's no exclusion. So it implies that all people are loved by God. We know that not all people accept it. But because God loves all people... Therefore, it makes sense that all people are in the position to receive the love of God, and especially from those who know that love themselves. So if that's the case, we're called to partially care for all. So I want to lead into three sort of actions of pastoral care that help us understand the task of caring for others. And I'm going to get some others to help this morning as well. But I've got three, three sort of things. 
Care, firstly, this is, a, this is a big point. Care stems from our own living relationship with God. We've already discussed this as a theological point. Because of the care shown to us from the great, by the grace of Jesus Christ, we're called to love and care for others. Therefore, it stands to reason that the nurture of our own spiritual growth, our own spiritual relationship, has to be priority. Where can care stem from if the ultimate care relationship between us and God isn't, isn't nurtured? Our relationship must have that, that vertical sense, if we're thinking in a, in a visual thing, a vertical sense with God. But it's also horizontal as we engage with others in ways that we care and love for them as well. I've put this, uh, this little wheel together. Um, I don't know if you can read all the little pieces, little writing there. But I've put this wheel together to show the different areas of care that we have within Kilsai South. And it's by no way extensive, but what it does, it shows our responsibility of how we care and we're cared for. Um, we, we, you, we, are in the middle of that wheel. We're in the middle. The arrows, they go in and they go out. It's not a one-way street. We are to be aware to care for others through various ways, but we're also to be the recipients of care as well. There's no set order for them. It doesn't mean you have to go around the circle and go, oh, I've ticked that box or anything. It's not a box tick. It's a culture and a community of care that we're developing. But these things can be helpful for us to remember that we are to care for others through various ways, but we're also to be open to receiving the care of others as well. So I'm going to go through a few of these, um, and I'll get some others to help me as well. But one of the key ways we can be nurtured in faith within KSBC is in connect groups. Now, I was going to get a few people up, but we might do a whole connect group thing another time as well, because I think it's really important that we really develop our connect groups. Because within connect groups, we experience this, this vertical, this relationship with God, but we also have the horizontal uh, space as well. We find a space where we can connect with God through studying of Scripture together and, and praying together. But we also have the relationship of the horizontal by being together, caring for one another as well. Solara and I are part of a group that meet on a Saturday night. And uh, we've got four families. We all have kids. So between the four families, when everyone's there, we have over 20 people in, in the houses. We, we swap the houses around and we meet at different people's houses. And it's fantastic. Um, we, we, we meet the, 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 the needs of one another on a formal and an informal sort of way. We do this by having a meal together. So every Saturday night we have a meal together. We eat together. Um, we discuss our highs and lows of the week. We um, sit and chat around the... Well, we were around a fire yesterday. Um, chatting about life in general. Then we have a meal together. And the kids all eat together. Or the adults, we all eat together. And um, from the youngest and the oldest, they're all involved. Um, we take turns in leading the study, so everyone's involved in doing it. We've had, I think, Jasper, you've led one of the studies before, haven't you? Jasper's led a study, Tarquin's led a study. Some of the kids have led studies. Um, the adults lead it as well. We have activities that help explore the studies as well, so it's not just uh, read the Bible and that, but we have, we've made things out of Lego. We've drawn pictures. Um, we've had, last night we had a Bible treasure hunt. It was really cool. And um, Kyra was telling me just before, I said, well, what, what do you love about, about our, our Connect group? And she said, oh, I love all the activities that we do. I said, what do you mean? I didn't know whether she meant the games that we play afterwards or whatever. And she said, um, I, love, I love that we, um, like yesterday, we did a treasure hunt. I said, oh, that's really cool. It was literally going through the minor, minor prophets and, and looking through for different things in the scripture. Literally, she was reading scripture and she loved it. How good's that? This is a seven-year-old. But from our seven-year-old to, um, to our oldest, um, which may be me. Yeah, I'm not sure. 
Anyway, <laughs> we, we engage together, and it's been really great. We have a time of praying for each other. We call them popcorn prayers, short prayers, where everyone can be involved. Um, and and our, our younger Kyra, she's always striving to be the one that ends the prayers. She always wants to be, so we've got to allow others to do it as well. Our whole, all our families are engaged together in this. We want our kids to grow in love and nurture, in scripture and in care for one another in the same way that we are seeking to do that as well. So we communicate through Facebook Messenger, so through the week, so it's not just on a Saturday, we're texting each other going, how are you going, how's things going, all that sort of stuff. So it's really important that we continue to connect through the week as well. It's been a real blessing for myself and Solari for sure, and our kids, but hopefully for the others in the group as well, I think it is as well. But we have this connection to the vertical, to God, but a deepening relationship with one another as well. Maybe you've wanted to be part of a connect group for a while and you haven't been able to or you haven't been able to get into one or there hasn't been one available for you. Um, One thing we've always struggled with is finding leaders specifically to run these groups. But what we've found is that there doesn't need to be someone that necessarily fully leads. But maybe you think, I can facilitate. I can organise the meeting of people on a weekly or fortnightly basis. Um, Someone who can give a, a little bit of direction for a group. Provide the opportunity for the group to meet, not necessarily to have a set leader. And because that's what we we do, we all take some responsibility. We're looking to start another group up um, on a a, a weeknight coming up soon. So if you're keen to be a part of a group, um, or you've put your name down in the past to be part of a group and haven't been able to find one, we'd love to, to see you or to hear from you as well. Um, we'd like you to put your hand up to facilitate one. Say, I could probably do that. I've been in a group for a long time or I haven't been in a group before. I'd love to have a bunch of people that I connect with for the vertical and the horizontal. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love, maybe already you've connected with a few people. You might be newish to the church and you've connected with a few people and think, actually, I'd love to, love to sort of connect in with those people. Why don't you ask them? Why don't you talk to them about it? Why don't you say, hey, why don't we meet? Uh, we, we mightn't be able to meet every week, but every fortnight or whatever it might be. Why don't you just connect in with them and say, why don't we start something up? We as a church would love to know because we'd love to know who's in Connect Groups, who's uh, being cared for in that space because we think that Connect Groups are a key space for caring for one another and understanding the needs of each other. So Connect Groups are really important spaces. So please let us know um, if there's a sign-up part on the website, and I believe we might have a sign-up sheet at the back as well um, on the the Seek and Find table. If you're keen, just put your name down, or if you're looking and you're thinking, I could do this, connect with a few others and say, let's do this. That'd be really good. Let us know. Another area of specific care is through the provision of meals to others and providing for the needs of the community. Um, through our, um, our church, we see our Wednesday night evangelism group. Um, I wasn't expecting Rod to be here this morning. He's broken all sorts of things in his body. So Rod, it's good to have you here in Kaz. And you guys are doing such an amazing job with, job with Luke and a few others, Trevor, uh, that go out every single Sam, that go out every single um, Wednesday uh, and, and care for others in the community. It's such a good space. I know that, um, that you're, they've been giving out jackets, warm jackets, warm clothing to people. How much care does that show? They're showing care and love um, they meet through, with everyone they meet because of the love that they've been shown for themselves as well. 
We were blessed to have Mick and Max, who had the connection to the, the two sparrows car on the Wednesday night, come to Alpha on Thursday night. How great is that? How good is that? We had a great time chatting with them. God is good when we show a deep care that comes from our relationship with Christ and flows on to others as well. Another way that we, can, we do this in the church practically is through providing meals for those who are in greater need. And Jeanette has become very proficient in setting up uh, meal trains for various people and um, as we become aware of the needs um, that have arisen. So I'm going to ask Jeanette to come up and she's going to talk about the blessing that meal trains have been um, in and through the church. Um, I have a bit of a catchphrase, and it it goes like this. We cannot care if we're not aware. And that's the thing. Meal train is there. We are so blessed. It's something that I bought here uh, when I came to the church six years ago. It's a great, um, I don't want to use the term program, but it's a great tool for getting meals out so that if someone's in need, they're not getting... um, six lasagnas for a week. (laughs) Um, So people can see, and it's very simple and easy. I know there have been quite a few that have been blessed uh, by those, but again, as I say, we cannot care if we're not aware. And as well at the moment, we we actually have 40 people that get emails when it first gets set up. Um, So there's about 40 that over the six years have added their names to the list or have um, been provided with a meal. So then they, they just come onto the because they always say, oh, this has been such a blessing, I'd love to be able to do this as well and help others. So that list has grown over the years. And it also goes on the Kilsyth South Baptist Community Facebook group, so it's a private group if you're part of that, um, it goes on to there as well. So if you don't get the email, you could see it if you're checking the Facebook community group, you can see it pop up there when one goes on. But one of the things we don't, I was just looking before, we've only actually done two this year. Now, I'm about to set another one up, as Solari mentioned, she's going in on um, tomorrow for a double hernia, so... Uh, after the service today, I've got my computer there and I'm going to set it up. So if you'd like to know a little bit more about it, um, if you would love to, if you feel, oh, wow, I'd love to really jump on board and on the train and and even explore things further with that, I'd love to speak to you because it does have the potential to be a lot broader than what it is. And I think the other thing that I I just want to say is it's not the responsibility of the pastors to have to be checking and asking all the time. Now, as well as Solari mentioned, I was away when she did her heal. So I did know about it because I was on... I I saw her put a post on Facebook. But as far as I'm aware, because I got asked a question when I got back from holidays, has anyone asked if they would like a meal? Anyone can ask. If you see someone in need, you can ask. You don't have to come to the pastor. It doesn't have to be the pastors that are asking all the time. So even if there was a team of people that wanted to take it on to set it up so that, you know, if someone else was away, that there was another person to set it up. Um, Still probably needs a point person, um, but 
that would be absolutely awesome because it is very simple. You don't even have to cook to be able to do it. You know, we can, you can a barbecue chicken because sometimes people can't even drive to get out to get a, a meal. So a barbecue chicken, you can even send um, something via Uber Eats. But ideally, it is a nice home-cooked meal. That's what everyone loves. But uh, it is very simple. So come see me after uh, if you have any further questions about that. And um, thank you. That's a really lovely thought. It is hard to ask for help, isn't it? That, that's, a, that's a reality. It's hard to ask for help. So we need to have a heart that is connected into Christ that sees the needs. And that's when we've got to be talking about it because it's hard to ask. It is hard to ask. And that's a really special thing. So thank you. So we all know what it feels like to receive care. And it's, it's a real blessing. But it is hard to ask. Hard to ask. I, I want to encourage you, if that's tickled your sort of want to get involved, please see Jeanette, because it'll be great to have someone that, that champions that and pushes it even further forward, because the potential is amazing. I want to highlight two more practical ways that we can care for others here at KSBC and sort of beyond. But I, I want to reiterate that our care must come from the, our own deepening relationship with God. That's really key. Now, playgroups are a space where, through COVID, um, it was a really hard place for playgroups all over Victoria, especially, to flourish. Um, in fact, there were many playgroups that couldn't get back on the road after COVID sort of finished up. It was really hard. Honey Bears Playgroup, which Ruth Koenig and her team uh, runs four days a week, not only kept uh, con connection uh, with families, that they had pre-COVID, but once coming back, they've continued to flourish. And I wanted to ask Ruth to come forward and share a little bit about how caring for the people in the playgroup sense, because a lot of those people are community, are community people, not just people from church. How did, that, um, how did that sort of help people want to be back again? So why don't you share a little bit about that? Thanks, Ruth. Yeah, so coming through COVID, we didn't know what... None of us did, did we? Um, and the core element of what Playgroup exists for is to make connections and to be a safe, welcoming and inviting space to just love people and just love them in all their circumstances. And one of the things that we do to show a tangible, and it's not this doesn't just involve the team, so we've got a team of people um, who are part of Honey Bears, but the families also are given an opportunity to care for each other. Um, one of the really tangible things that we do um, of doing that is when a new bub's born. Now, we've had Eloise born two weeks ago in our Friday group. So she's, I call her the youngest person in our playgroup community. We're a whole community and she's the youngest little person that's joined us. And what we love to do is we love to bless our families in lots of ways. But when a new bubby's born... We love to be able to congratulate and celebrate with them. So we organise some flowers to be delivered to their place. And this is a comment from one of our mums when she received those flowers. Thank you so much for the beautiful flowers. Today's been rough. So the flowers cheered me up. Now just to hear that one comment, we hear that numerous times, but just to say you don't know what impact a small something will do. Now, we just like as a community to say congratulations on baby Eloise being born. Here's a bunch of flowers from Playgroup to you. That's one thing we do. 
What else do we do? We love to say to our families in the group, so Eloise was born into Friday group, we say to Friday group, we've got a bag. It's not just a baby bag, it's a family bag. So what do you think it would be helpful to give to a family that's just had a baby? So this isn't just the leaders, this is everyone involved. Everyone needs chocolate. So some parents or some carers, some grandparents who come along to playgroup, they'll drop some chocolate into the family bag because we all need chocolate, especially when we've just had a baby. Or some tubes. It's nothing expensive, just grab something at the shops. Big brother might need some bubbles. It's not all about the baby, is it? Sometimes when new babies are born, big brothers or sisters have a little bit of adjustment to have. So some parents will pop in some bubbles. Some parents will pop in a book for big brother or sister, just so that they feel loved and cared for as well. Come across this awesome book from Kurong that we like to give our, all our families and it's just about the fact that little girls and little boys are wonderfully made and it's got some wonderful verses in there just to remind them of God's love and God's care for each and every little person that's born in this earth. And that's just a way of us and we put our, um, the child's name in the front as well as Honey Bear's playgroup. So it's a way of them remembering a tangible way that Honey Bear's cared for them when their bubby was born. Now, babies always need clothes, don't they? So lots of our families love to just dump clothes in our bags for the little bubby. And some parents even like to put a candle in there just to give parents the love and care of saying, take some time out for yourself. Now, that's not something that everyone does. Everyone in our group might not want to do that, and that's okay. But then we also offer a card that everyone can sign. And that's the sense of community of saying, you're part of a space here, we love you, we care for you, and we want to celebrate with you that your little one has joined this group. If you aren't in a place to be able to um, bring something along, something tangible, that's okay, but let's just write in a card and say, congratulations, we're thrilled that Eloise has joined the group. So we deliver some flowers, we organise a baby bag. We also like to offer a meal once a week for four weeks. Now, I'll often approach the family and they might say, at the moment we have got so much food that no thanks. And I'll often say to them, well, how about in a month I touch base with you again and see if you need a meal. So sometimes in a month, all those piles of food have dwindled and people think that you're okay. But guess what? Partner or dad's just gone back to work and they're really struggling. So that meal kicking off then makes a real difference for them to know that there's something either in the fridge or there's a particular day that a meal is coming from playgroup. And then what we also love to do to create a sense of community, um, and this is what carried us through a lot through COVID, was lots of things about Facebook I, I struggle with, but there are some great things about Facebook groups. Um, we love to celebrate with the broader community of when little ones are born, of course, with permission. We always ask permission of the parents that they can have them posted on Facebook. And so we like to put on our Honey Bears Playgroup Facebook page, congratulations, a new little person has joined our playgroup community and um, that's a good thing to celebrate. So they're very tangible things that we do in order to just shower love and bless on our families. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful space to be in and you don't know what impact you're going to have. 
So that's one of the things. And even through COVID, we had babies born in COVID. We had a lot of babies born in COVID. We continued to do these things through COVID to just connect um, as much as we could. Um, and it made a difference. If anyone does that sort of little chat about what happens in a playgroup space, is there anyone who's curious about what does playgroup actually look and feel like? It's always an open door. We run on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday mornings. So feel free to pop in any time just to see what that space is like or drop me a line. I'm always happy to chat. Thank you so much, Ruth. That's awesome. And, um, yeah, we, we don't underestimate the amount of care that you gave and the team gave through COVID um, to families who uh, were isolated. So it was really good. See, all these actions of love are not just good ideas, are they? They're, they're, they're God ideas. God has given us the opportunity and the ability to care on a deep, deep level because of what we've been shown on the cross. There's some other very practical ways. I'll just go through very quickly. Church on a Sunday. As you come into church, um, there's this big, long foyer that we've got. And I don't know if you go from the front to the, to the, um, to the doors, front doors to the church really quickly, or when you get out of church, whether you get to the back door and then have the race to get out the door again. I don't know if that's how you do church or whatever, but I want to encourage you that, that during COVID, we only had five people allowed in here. So there was no, it was just very quiet and it was very, we were able to interact with But what I, what I realised was that those conversations that happened in the foyer that didn't happen through COVID are so vital. Because that's where you hear about, oh, so-and-so's been in hospital, did you know about that? Or this has happened, um, that sort of thing. So those foyer conversations are really important. I, I want to encourage you as you step out of church this morning to take the slow walk through the foyer. Say hi to someone that you don't know. Maybe just have a, have a bit of a chat about what's been your week lot, what's, what's been the, t- the toughest part of your week. And use the foyer as a way to care for others. Do it on Sunday morning. Sunday evenings is the same thing as well. Um, KSBC has got many uh, fellowship groups that you can be a part of. Have a look on our notice board. It tells you all about them there. The, me- the men's, the max group is happening this Wednesday. Um, just having coffee together. Going once a month to something like that can increase the understanding of who's in, who's in and around and how you can care as well. There's all different groups that you can be a part of um, as well. Come and see Jeanette and myself or Jordan and we'll be able to, and Susan and we'll be able to share um, with you a little bit more of what's going on. Just ways that we can impact one another in the community. We have uh, people who love to visit as well. I think one of the, one of the things was um, someone visiting someone. Um, our pastors all visit people. We can come and see us for those who are in a, a greater amount of care. But it doesn't mean if you're not a pastor, you, don't, um, you can still go and visit someone. You can go and say, hey, do you just want to have a, have a coffee together? Or do you want to see... And I loved someone saying, the younger generation visiting the older generation. How wonderful is that? Um, uh, we had um, our kids go and visit Barb um, Evans uh, a couple of holidays ago because she makes these little communities of, of, of miniatures, wonderful stuff. And our kids loved it, but I know Barb loved it as well. So Barb, if you're watching, thank you for, for sharing that with our kids. Um, we have a community pantry you can give to. That's a, a very practical way you can give to others is by bringing in something, just like Ruth has said, bring in something, put it into the boxes and it'll go straight to the community pantry to meet physical needs as well. Um, but there's one other way I want you to consider. Maybe, maybe you've had not had the chance or you can't get into a connect group at the moment. That's okay. Um, but I want you to consider a 3-2-1 group. We haven't talked about this before, but it's a really cool idea. Now, 3 2 ones is three people for two hours once a month. Or you could do it three people 
for two times a month for one hour, whichever, whichever way you want to do. But the idea is that you get two other people. Jesus had, had the, the three, he had the 12, and then he had these other, the, the rest of the crowd. But you get three people together, yourself and two others, and you, you commit to meeting either twice a month or, or once a month for two hours or twice a month for one hour. And, and you meet over maybe lunch or a coffee or something like that. And it's there to ask the deeper questions. How are you going with reading your Bible? How are you going with uh, your thought processes? How are you going in your marriage? How are you going with uh, not yelling at your kids too much? How are you going? And asking some of those deeper questions, it's provided for that. So you might think, you know what, I don't have anyone that I can talk to about the, th- the things that are on my mind or on my heart. A 3-2-1 group is a good way of doing that. Now, we haven't, we haven't done this at, at KSBC. This is brand new. So you might think, I know a couple of people that I'd love to just meet every couple of weeks. That'd be awesome. But we'd love to hear about whether you... Do, we, don't, we don't need to know what you're talking about, but we'd love to hear if you're doing it because um, it'll help us to understand who's getting cared for on a deeper basis. So that's three, two, ones. I'd love to speak to you more about that if you like. Um, pastoral care in our church does happen. It happens a lot. So um, please think about that. A couple more things I'm going to just really quickly go through. That care, though, must find its beginnings in prayer. We've got to start with prayer. Pastoral care has got to be grounded in prayer. Our care comes when we pray for others. Um, each week, the, the Wednesday night crew go out, and they don't just go out and share Jesus. They go out and they pray to start with. They start in prayer, and they ask God to reveal, who are we going to care for tonight? And they see people come through. And then they send an email, Rod sends an email about all the people that, and the stories that, 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 um, that uh, people have had connection with and, and how their answers, prayers have been answered. It's really great. Prayer begins care. So be praying uh, for one another. Um, there's a quote that I found. Praying with those in need is at the heart of the Christian life. So be a culture that prays well. The third thing that we must think about when it comes to care is that care actually must be integrated into the mission of the church, of the who we are, if we're thinking um, of uh, uh, how the church runs and who the church is. Jesus gave us really two, two main commandments that sum up the mission of God. It's to love and to go. Love God and love your neighbor and go into the world. Go and make disciples. I see both of those commands as commands to care. The question must be, well, who's our neighbour then? And Kierkegaard um, defined neighbour by saying that if there are only two people, the other person is a neighbour. If there are millions, each of those persons is your neighbour. People we come across every time we step out of our door can be the neighbour. And we are their neighbour. So whether we get on a bus and sit next to a person or whether we have a coffee with, uh, whether we're alone at a cafe and we sit on our own and see someone else, the person who makes us that coffee, they're our neighbour. The person who's scraping through the the, the rubbish bins trying to find a scrap of food, they're our neighbour. They're all our neighbour. I'll finish with a, with a story. I was, um, I was with a, a bunch of, of pastors, there was four of us, and we were at a cafe, um, and, and we must have been solving the problems of the world, I'm sure that's what we were doing, and um, talking all about our ministries and how great our ministries were. And outside the cafe were this um, uh, rowdy group of teenagers, and they were rowdy, and they looked like they were up to no good. They were, they were causing trouble. And we all looked out and went, oh, should we get the security guys? 
Should we do something about these guys? Should we do something about these kids? They, they, they look like they're going to do something. And so we'd keep on talking about our important theological processes and the things that we were doing that's saving the world. And we're looking at these kids going, oh, I wish these kids would just dis- dissipate, just go away. Just want them, don't want them to be there. And we finished our coffee. We prayed for one another. It was a really good time, really good time, except hours later it occurred to me that there were four pastors sitting in a cafe looking outside and judging a bunch of, of young people who needed more to be looked at through the lens of Christ than through the lens of they're disturbing me. I failed miserably in my action and my attitude that day in looking at these young people. I wonder whether the, the care integrated so much into the mission of God would allow for those, those young people to walk in the church and maybe be a little bit disruptive in church, but we still love them anyway. I wonder if we are at that stage, because that's what the mission of God is about. I love having, uh, hearing the stories of, of Max and Mike on Thursday at Alpha. Just hearing their story. Story of hardship. It's tough. Hearing their story and saying, hey, we love you. Come along. We'd love to have you here. So we need to see how care is integrated into the very heart of who we are as a church. We can do it through some programs, but the main thing is we're developing a culture that cares for others. Now, we've had two weeks of talking about pastoral care. It's really not enough, is it? It doesn't seem to be enough, um, but we're going to move on next week back into our story. But, but we want to keep on pressing into the idea that we are all involved in caring for one another. We're all involved in that. It's a task for the whole community. We're seeking to be a community of care. We're seeking to build a culture of care. We're seeking to be people who care for and are cared for. Um, why don't I pray now and I'll invite the team up. Our Lord and God, I thank you so much that in this church we see so much care happening. We really do. We thank you for the heart of people who are so impacted by Jesus that they want to share and care for others. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that you will just be continuing to speak to us, to prompt us to be praying for others and then make an impact on others' lives as we care. So bless us, Lord. Bless this church as we seek to be that caring community. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks.